and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. magicians welcome to episode 11 already of the money magic series my guest today is musa and she is incredible so i'm gonna let her introduce herself and i'm gonna switch off my videos so that we have enough bandwidth for this particular interview so take it away musa who are you and what do you do tell us about yourself Hello, Vin. Hello, many magicians, and hello, um, new viewers. So, my name is Musa Matole. Vin, you know this question of who you are, hey, man. <laughs> so, I would like I I would like to describe myself as a soul on a journey to remember who I am. And mm. while I do that, I'm an, also a soul on a journey to heal and discover freedom for me and the past generation, the present generation and the future generation of my lineage. So mm. that's how basically I would like to describe myself in, in, in a nutshell. And um, um, I would say currently I have two jobs um, and <laughs> a mother mm. and a wife <laughs> and uh, um currently mothering three uh, beautiful souls, a 13-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a two-year-old who push me to like learn more about the job <laughs> itself of mothering <laughs> and, and try and do it better daily. And um, uh, the second job of being a wife is still a mystery, honestly. And I'm still trying to figure out, honestly, if, um, you know, it's what I'm cut out for. It is one of those <laughs> difficult jobs because it requires you to look in the mirror um, 
you know, and learn more about yourself. And the lessons are just too personal on this job. So yes. <laughs> I'd say at this job, I'm currently trying to restructure my my duties and learn more about it. So that's what I'm <laughs> currently that's what I'm currently doing. I that's just me basically in a nutshell. Mm. Wow, I love that. I was just thinking as you're saying, I'm like, why are the money magic students so deep? Like I was <laughs> expecting like, oh, this is what I do for a living, etc. And now you're like, I'm so on a journey. Wow. I love it. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's amazing. So, Musa, what does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? Hey, <laughs> uh, then, you know, um, I'd say money to me is a means of exchange, of getting the feeling that I desire, basically. So, how I would explain it to an alien is, you know, how... Um, Basically, there's a, when, whenever you want something, it's because you are basically wanting the feeling that comes with that thing that you want. So for many example, I like traveling and seeing places and the feeling that I get of, you know, relaxing and seeing a new scenery and, you know, the warmth and, you know, the mushy feeling that you get when you meet new people, experience mm. new food. So, uh, I'd, exp- I'd, I'd explain this to an alien that so money is the exchange that I'd give for a service for me to get that feeling. Mm, so basically, that's a new it, way of explaining it. I love it. It's the current resource, basically, to me. Because when you look at money, basically, it's a resource like any other thing that you have in your life. It's just that you know how your car is a resource for you to get from one place to another. So, so is money. Yeah. Money is a resource for you to get the ultimate feeling that you're looking for at the end of the day. Because most of the time, when we want something, it's not really that we want the actual thing we want the feeling that comes with the thing so mm. i would explain it to them that it's the it's the current because before money we had other means of exchange so yeah. it's just that now money is the current means or resource of exchange to get a service that will give me the feeling that i desire hmm. yo this is some deep stuff man like Whoa. Okay. I need to just, I feel like part of me just wants to like pause and do my usual, like I need to like take a break because what you've just said is so, so powerful because what I'm hearing you say is that often what it, when we're going out to spend money or to exchange resources is because we want to get a particular type of feeling or experience. And that makes sense. When I'm buying food, I want the feeling of being full. I, yes. I don't want the feeling of hunger. Yes. Huh, when yes. I'm buying clothes, I want to feel pretty. Pretty. Yes. I never <laughs> thought of that. Gosh, yes. so much for talking about emotional intelligence with money. I had no <laughs> idea. I've never looked at it like that, by the way, Musa. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, Musa, when did you start suspecting that your money story wasn't just about money? Um... You know, Venne, I'd say, um, I think when I, when, you know, when I couldn't stay out of debt and not, not, not 
what we call necessary debt, but the unnecessary yeah. debt in a, to me, unnecessary in a sense that I didn't need to have the credit card because honestly, everything that used to go on that credit card was, had nothing to do with me. Like I used to use it <laughs> to, to buy people, to buy things for people, to go to places and show up so that people can. So I realized that, so for example, I pay off this debt for six months. But I couldn't stay out of it. So I paid off and say, okay, I'm done. And I'm not going back there. But then six months down the line, I'm back again trying to pay off this credit card thing. And, and I realized also that uh, besides that, that cycle of keep, keep going back to the unnecessary debt and the fact that I used to do, you know, a budget. I remember at some point I learned that um, maybe what makes the budget not work is because you call it a budget, <laughs> then you feel the restraint. You should start calling it a spending yeah. plan. So then I started calling it a spending plan. But amazing enough, <laughs> of the stuff on that spending plan, I would not be buying because I would not have the damn money. And I'd be like... <laughs> For God's sake, I'm a treasury accountant. I manage the company's money very well. What is going on here? Mm. Yet I couldn't manage my own little budget. So then I'd sit and be like, no, man, I think there's something more to this. So then I later found out that the reason I could do uh, the company's money management so well is because I had no emotions attached to it. So that's why it wasn't taking me off and doing that yet. My one, because there's drama and all the other traumas and stories, yeah. you know, so that's why it was so difficult and money used to like basically disappear out of nowhere in the budget. Yeah. Yet I did put it out there, Gucci, this is what I'll spend it on, but I'd never do. So I think yeah. that's when it, it dawned on me that no man, there must be more to this um, money thing and budgeting than what I'm doing because clearly I've learned how to budget, I've learned the, te- the, the, the techniques and all that, but it's working at work, but it's not working for me. So then it means there's something other than what wow. I'm doing that is not going right. Wow. Yo, I didn't realize that your story was so similar to mine. We spent so much time last year in Sri Lanka together. And like, I never the ever got graduates. <laughs> right? It's funny. I didn't know. Like, how did we spend so much time together? So guys, uh, Musa came to the Sri Lankan retreat last year. We talked so much and I just didn't know the story. So this is so fascinating. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, this is my story. I know it so well. Hmm. Wow, yeah, no. And I think what comes with such a story ne, is the shame of it. Because yes. family members and friends will look at you, and obviously you're a treasury accountant, and at work, you are great. Everybody mm-hmm. celebrates your work. So mm-hmm. in your personal life, how can you not do this when like the work budget is even a hundred times more than your budget (laughs) (laughs) you know yes you sit the eight hours of the day and you work with millions you're supposed to you know manage the 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 company's dividends when they come through invest this money for the company make sure it's put there make sure that yet you can't even manage your own two rands in your own budget you're like how you know know, though Musa, I think what you've just said is so powerful. It's going to rock so many people because I think 
we all resonate with that. That is me. You know, you could have put, you can put down till this day, put down a business balance sheet and income statement and ask me what is wrong with this and how can someone fix it? I can help you walk through it and figure it yes. out. But Obami, yes. oh, it showed me flames. flames like, you know, mine flames. would be like three or four line items, not even the 20 on that balance sheet and income statement. And I'd be losing it as if you've ah. just given me a PhD thesis to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so I, I mean. Wow. Okay. So similar to mine. That is awesome. So when you heard about the Money Magic course, what did you imagine it was? And what did you think you'd be doing in the course? Oh, then I remember, I, I think because I, I was already on the journey to, like I'm saying that I, you know, I'm on the journey to discover freedom for myself and, you know, heal the previous generation. And so that, you know, the, the next generation, the children of my children have a better basically life, you know, than we had. So, cause I had already started the journey and I was already tapping into different groups and whatnot. So I think when I found you, um, I was on Lebu's group and you used to come there. To, you had, used to have a money slot there that you used to come and teach. Ah, uh, yes, on stretch. Yes. yes. So then I used to attend your classes there. And I used to get so fascinated that what is she talking about? That there's this inner child business and like, Okay, so that's how basically I was introduced to Money Magic because uh, from, from basically you talking about it in, in stretch. And then when I signed up, honestly, 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 then I, I got shocked that it's a lifetime thing. I used to think, since I for the lifetime, this thing should, you know. So in my mind, I thought that, you know, we'd get the, because I, I remember you used to talk about, um, you know, the, the inner child meditation would assist in the journey. And, and I was fascinated with that. I was so looking forward to the inner child because I, I'd never done it, you know, and I'd be like, oh, wow, you know, this would be great, you know. So if I speak to my inner child, I'm sure six months, the inner child. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, six months, I'm like, I've given it a year. I should be sorted. And, you know, like honestly, it, it it sounded like we'll conjure up some magic that would assist in this poof voila, your your money ish is sorted out, you know. Lo and behold, Ben didn't tell us. Oh my god. I re- remember we were talking about somebody was saying that no man, this course is not advertised right. <laughs> this is not a money course. This is a work on yourself course. <laughs> so so I think never when I came, I knew that uh, some some work on myself would be needed because yeah. I figured from your teachings that okay, and I'd find out that okay because I've done all the you know the the school or the accounting ways of trying to budget my money and do my money yeah. was I was having a struggle with it. So I I knew that yeah. I needed then a relationship between myself and my money to work, yeah. and I didn't know how to unlock that. So I knew that the money magic course would assist in that, but yo, I didn't know <laughs> that. Look at me. I'm still at this course. And you know, Van, what fascinates me is that there's lessons on the money magic that I have not clicked on. Like I, I read through them as I, you know, as I scroll down, like, okay, I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking for the inner child. 
there. I'm like, oh, there's this one also. Okay, I didn't know. Okay, I'll come back to it. And then I'm scrolling down. But there is so much in this course that now I'm realizing why it's a lifetime course, basically. Yeah. Because sometimes, because yeah. I honestly thought that the inner child meditations, I'll spend like, like I said, six months and then I'll move on to the yeah. other things. Because I was like, excited when I got my um, link into the course. Which, oh, wow, look at this. And I remember saying, maybe if I categorize the saying i'll do the inner child for three months and then do this <laughs> then i'll be done with this course in two years oh yeah <laughs> i know people come in with that mindset Kuti. i am going to master this course and i'm going to do it within the time period and i'm like guys don't just just tell yourself three to four years and maybe maybe yes. And just maybe, keep it moving. True, maybe. Mm. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> even... And what's worse is that yeah. Benu Vanille comes up with extra meditation, say, guys, my guides said I must make this other one. So now we... And then you get hooked on those ones. And now you are working on something else. And later on, you're like, oh, by the way, oh, let's go back. <laughs> so, so, hey. So, yeah. So yes. that, that was my introduction to the course then. And yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm still I know. on it. <laughs> I feel like my guides tricked me into believing I was going to be teaching just about money. And I, and I always feel like, you know what, I'm going to get to a point where I'm okay with this work. Ne? I know, Tikoami. It's like the time when I come to the point, like I swear to you, last week I was like, no, my life is on steroids. I am at a hundred percent. Then like literally and like 48 hours later, was it not me bonding with all the various meditations in the course? And I am still there. I'm like, yep, we're there. <laughs> and I love the work because of that. You know, it's that mm. as you grow, there are new levels that you tip into and new things that you never knew about yourself. Like I was telling a student um, a few days ago, actually yesterday when she was like, she feels like she's meeting herself in the course. I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for a while. And I only started feeling like I am meeting myself truly like last week, you know, I was like, I did not know this person was there. I didn't know I even had these, deep insights mm. around healing and money and expansion. But there we go, mm. because there's mm. levels to our own expansion and to our own soul. So you never True. quite get there. And I think that's the beauty mm. of it because the soul is eternal. So you'd have mm. to live eternity to know your own soul. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so many layers and levels to, to yourself that you, you discover. And I, what I like about the course is that I think, like you're saying, each lesson makes you discover as a, a different part of your soul completely that you mm. get shocked that, oh, okay, so that's also me? Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I know. But uh, Musa, for you, it's a little different because one of the things that you were sharing in Sri Lanka was how you actually are managing to distill or summarize some of this work for your kids. Can you talk about that? How are you doing that? Because I think that's a thing that most moms want to know. Like, as I go through this journey, 
how do I share the little bit of nuggets that I have? And I know with you, it's also your middle daughter, right? The nine-year-old that you also share this information with. I'm sorry. Okay. So when, uh, for me, uh, like I said earlier, that one of my uh, jobs <laughs> is a mom. And, you know, <laughs> when, when it's your job, you try and find ways to make it easier, basically, for you to do the work. And I found that um, basically doing the meditations, especially the, because I, I, I started introducing them to the OM meditation just, you know, for the calmness and, you know, because when they come, because my kids still go to school type of, I, I haven't been able to be the homeschooler mom as much as I would love to, but I think I'm going to go to jail if I do it full time. So I, I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so know I, thyself. <laughs> you know, so I, I used to, I used to try when they come back from school to sit and do the OM meditation. That was before I got introduced to the money magic course. So then when I did, I discovered them, the higher, the, your higher self meditations. And there's mm. one that, that, that is so, so calm and easy where you meet your higher self and, you know, you discover things and you talk to them. And I found yeah. that they, they were very interested in that one because I think it, it gave them a perspective of who. Okay. So then it gives them a perspective of who they, of who they, they want to be in life, you know, that they can aspire for more, you know, than your daily mundane life type of thing, because then they, they mm. tap into their higher self that, you know, there's more to you than just you waking up every day and watching TV or talking to your friends. There's actually a bigger picture because, and, and that, that came about when they journal that, you know, cause there's journal prompts, then we'd sit and do the journal prompts and it's amazing how wow. they come up they, with the things to say, this is what, this is the house I live in. This is what I do. Cause I remember my daughter used to be so fascinated with, do you know, I bake and then I go and check my bees out because she wants to be a honey farmer. Then I go and check my bees <laughs> out. And you, you can see that it, the, none of them have the, I wake up and then I take my suitcase, I go to work. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So then this, this gives them an opportunity to, you're not going to school to get a job. You know, yes. going to school to get an education, fine, but you must know that that education you're getting, it does not necessarily mean you need to go and find a job. Then you can be something else other than what, you know, the mainstream says you should be. And I find yeah. that doing the, the higher meditation, uh, the higher self meditation, then assists them to see a bigger picture of themselves than, you know, the normal go to school, what we had, go to school, get a job type of thinking. Yeah, my gosh. I was so fascinated when you told me that. I was like, so they can actually see that. But then when I think about it, as a teen, I was very like, I was like from a young age, I was like, I know I'm not cut out for office stuff. Like I just knew it. And I was just like, and people would ask me, what do, what, what do you do for a living? What do you want to mm. be for a living? And the only thing I could say was I want to be a beach bum. You know, I wake up and I get paid for living and being on the ocean. You know? mm. 
at the time I, I think that would be isn't <laughs> <laughs> that the life it's though impossible It's impossible that I just wake up, I get paid, and I do my own thing at home, and I laze around, and somehow I make money from that. I could not explain how I knew that was a thing, and it didn't mm. feel possible, and it took me years to figure it out. But then, you know, like as you go on this journey, then it's like that's the only thing your soul wants. So it was the thing that I was like, I have to make this happen somehow, like because I mm. see myself traveling. Mm. being on different beaches <laughs> doing my own thing so that must be a thing that so i think mm. like having that higher self meditation starts to crystallize it and to start it at such a young age musa yo that mm. is incredible so True. musa have you been able to see a shift in how you show up or discuss money with clients family and friends since doing the course um then i'd say that um you know since since starting the course i think the the biggest shift has been basically being able to talk about the money itself because it mm. used to be a hush hush discussion especially around family you know people yeah. make assumptions about your money and from <laughs> how you show up so today you show yeah. up there you dress like this they're like ah oh, this one is moneyed or tomorrow yeah. they find out that you changed jobs they're like ah so now you're rich i remember my brother yeah. they used to say oh, but you have a car so you have money and i'd be like kanjani how do you deduce that <laughs> because i have a car i have money <laughs> like you know so whenever you yeah. tell him that you don't have money and he'd say but you have a car So I would be like ah. so people who have cars have money. Oh okay. <laughs> so but I think even from that discussion point of that that people look at you from that point of view that you know you you have money when that's what they they assume basically. Yeah. So I think my 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 relationships have shifted in a sense that now I'm able to to distinguish between um telling people that i don't have money or and telling them that no i don't have money for them you know because yes. before i used to shrink myself and be like oh no i don't have money and you know how they say whatever you say they yeah. just then reciprocate yep. so then if i kept saying i don't have money then i end up not having money <laughs> so now i'm very clear i don't have your money oh amen <laughs> Yeah, I can see what I can do for you, but I, I'm not anymore saying I don't have money. No, because I realize that the words that we speak actually create what we. Oh wow! Okay, Musa's frozen. I'm just gonna wait now. Okay, Musa, so you froze on us just a little bit. So we lost you when you were saying that the universe reciprocates whatever we say. Like if we say we don't have money. The universe is like, oh, that means that she doesn't want money. She doesn't have money. So this is a truth I need to make real. Yes, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's why then I avoid saying I don't have money. So I, I you know, when I don't have your money, then I say I don't have your money <laughs> because then I don't want the universe now, you know, keeping money away from me because 
of you. And I find that, you know how, you know we, how when you're in a clique and everybody now is playing small or they're all saying, mm. I'm so struggling, man. And I used to be part of those, oh yeah, I understand. And, and I'm real. And then when I joined the class, I realized that, no, man, actually, I don't know what these people are talking about. <laughs> yes, some months man, I'm struggling, but it's not every month. So why am I participating in the, yeah, hey, yeah. So then I stopped. So now when people said, oh, I'm yeah. I go, oh, okay, that's an interesting point of view. And then I'd move on because I would, I didn't want anymore to, to attract the, yes, I'm struggling every month because honestly, it's not nice to be struggling every month then, you know. So I, th- I think now my, 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 the way I speak about money and knowing and realizing that, you know, the, the universe is listening and it will our words. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. I, so then I try and, and, and put the words out there that, I would like the universe to respond to, you know? Mm. So I, I, I don't want to be saying, Hey, I'm in Amali. I don't have money. I don't have money. Then, you know, when then I don't have money for real, then I'm acting surprised while I kept telling <laughs> the universe how I don't have money. And you know how when they say the universe doesn't know jokes, I, I, yeah. I, I it doesn't know jokes. When you were joking about and saying, hey, Asinama, we don't have money. Oh, I mm. So I think yeah. being on the course and doing the meditations and, you know, just in general, Jay, doing all the other things that I'm doing around money and being on this journey of uh, finding myself, I'm, I'm realizing that we, we really don't understand how serious the universe is about responding to the words we say. So Phew. being on this yeah. course actually has assisted in, in the sense that now I'm comfortable to talk about money with family, you know, because yeah. uh, that was my biggest issue. Friends, not much, but family yes it it was an issue to try and explain to them that you know why is it that you guys are working but you tell me you don't have money yeah so. mm, hey that one is hard because yeah. like yo our families right and i think we can't really blame them because also what is coming across is that oh my gosh what they told that these jobs pay so much And then like from that, you have so much money. But the truth is that as the jobs pay so much, everything completely also, um, there's inflation, right? So people are getting paid a lot, but there's inflation. Kids are going to different schools. There's just so much in our world that's also going up. So yeah, I love that. What you've just said. The thing is, Manavan, is that family, especially, they think that, you know, um, because you work and they, they assume you, you have a certain amount of money from that work. So you, you know, this is what I always find fascinating that, you know, how when they say parents never think their kids grow up. So I always ask my mom that, so when you were a parent to me and you used to say to me, you don't have money, you know, because your money used to be going there and there. So you don't think I have such responsibilities now that I'm a parent? <laughs> because you still look at me as if, you know how when they look at you as you are a child of theirs who don't have responsibilities. Yes. So you, know, you need to still 
give them all your salary and you were like but, yeah um, i'm at the level that you used to be at now where you know i have kids that i need to look after <laughs> so <laughs> oh wow shame so wow musa i love what you just said about parents hey so wow how um how has your approach to expansion budgeting and income changed since the money magic course what is that well, how has that been different for you now what what shifted me mostly was doing the bank account challenge because that that literally shocked me into a shift uh because i used to do <laughs> i used to do the budget according to you know how they say you must put everything that is necessary that you need to spend on so even things that you didn't want to pay for they need to go in the budget and you'd be sitting there like you know so now after the bank account challenge i i realized that i need to budget according to what feels right and feels good to me yeah. So now yeah. that's how I do the budget these days. I put all the stuff that I would like to do uh with that money mm. that month and if mm. I didn't get to the other stuff oh, well this is over next month. And <laughs> I find that I, I don't find I don't feel guilty with indulging in pleasures uh in in budgeting for the pleasurable things that I like, you know. Can't it before they yeah. used to go at the bottom of the budget, like they be the first things. They like when the money because that's left. what they teach us, right? Kuti, like you only get to have a pleasant life and enjoy your money once you have spent <laughs> it on everything else. So, so Kuti, everybody After. gets to enjoy your money before you. Hi, no, guys, no. This yes. is this does not yes. make sense. And then they expect people to get excited about. earning money and budgeting after this torture pella this is torture you're literally saying everything else must get your money before you the person who is working for it the yes. person that wakes up to do the stuff no yes. that i refuse I, you know you know i when i say when you say that my brother has been doing this the right way it's just that because you know society's norm is like because you know my brother we used to always fight about him that when he gets paid he goes and he spends it on himself even if you know what we would say but ohambile and then you put everything that you enjoyed and then now ut ana male transport he says but this body works up yeah and this body works very hard it must be paid and we used to look at him like What are you on about doing? You're supposed to pay for rent. You're supposed to pay. But now I'm realizing that, oh, he's had the right concept all along. It's just that he used to blow all of his money. Then, you know, when yes. you don't have money for transport, then it's no longer uh, healthy, you know. Yeah. But I think he had the right concept in a sense that you pay yourself first, you know, before yeah. you pay everybody else. It's just that he didn't yeah. have the limit of paying himself and remembering <laughs> that he still needs to go. But I found that, right. you know, So actually uh, it sounds like he was re- he was doing the he does the pay himself first from a rebellious point. Yes, you know yes, when you don't think, do yes, it from a point yes. of rebellion it's different yes. because then you can mm-hmm. say x amount goes towards that and that's mm-hmm. not to be compromised and then there's still all that money left for everything to else. Everything else. Yes. Mm. So I I think I think the biggest shifts for me then have been 
honestly the the way we we do the budget in the house and um, we yeah. still continue to invest in our EFTs and uh, the share so my husband uh, has a, a share portfolio that we run and now, since the lockdown we're trying to teach the kids then how to buy and sh- how to buy shares and uh, how to invest basically so he's teaching them oh my god how to read about shares, you know, and to no way, Mosa, and to read the graph as to it went down. So basically, in this house, everybody every week has to buy two shares and then monitor them for a week and then come in and present what happened to your wow. share. <laughs> Did it go down or up? So this lockdown has been hectic in my house. <laughs> We've been on the internet, and you know how. You know how when you buy a certain share and you're thinking, hi, this is going to do it. And then come the end of the week, like, how? I thought people would be buying a shop, right? When you shop, right? You know, you have to go and find out. But I, oh, wow. I realized that he's trying to instill the, the, the knowledge of them not relying on a salary, but learning other yes. ways of making money. While on my side, I'm sure. trying to teach them that, you know, when you do your budget, you don't have to start with, things that you don't like or it shouldn't be a restrictive budget but rather you know remember what is it that you like and try and put money also towards that so that you can look forward to making more money so that you can enjoy when when you have to go to work for the things that you don't like then you don't feel like going to msebenzini anymore so i think it, it it's it's working out a little bit better in a sense that now yeah. that I know that we don't have to stick to the old ways of budgeting, you know, we can do yeah. pleasure and then do everything else. And, oh. and you know how in the Money Magic group, pleasure is, is pro. Hey? Is, is, is the is, thing is, that we work on, guys. <laughs> we work on pleasure in the Money Magic course, guys. We do not. I don't believe they, and subscribe to the notion there. of struggle. I do not believe that because we're dealing with money, we now need to be struggling and holding on to everything. No, we can have money and pay off debt and save and invest and have fun. So this is also why I freak out when people talk about discipline, hey? And they like, I am going to, dear universe, I just need more discipline. Just give me discipline. And I'm like, your discipline sounds so hard. What if you can just like dance your way there, marinate your way to being debt-free, chill your way there. You know, like there are so many fun ways with ease Mm. to get where you're going. So I I love that you brought this up, by the way. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. So now I'm on the the ease and and pleasure trip also. And how have you found that that actually does make a difference in just even the amount of money coming into your life yeah. and how it comes in? Yeah, because, because uh, Van, look, I haven't, I haven't really worked in three years, I think, since, since we came back from Sri Lanka. I haven't really worked, like, yeah. honestly, but we've been... Yeah, we've been leaving, you know, uh, we, we haven't been, you know, we, we don't do splurges and none, but we, we are good. Like we have been living fine and the amount of money we have in one salary has been carrying, in, carrying us. And now, and there's a lot of us in this house, eh? there's five of us, like, <laughs> yeah, we are a lot, but 
we've been we've been good and i find that because we've changed the way we do uh the 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 budget and now we don't feel so much of the pressure to let's get this let's get this so now things are easier because we try and put yeah. things that we enjoy color even even though it's yeah. little things but you know we like this so we'll put it there and then we'll get it and then we move on so i think it's the the ease that comes with understanding the the way we need to treat money has been very yeah. helpful so sure yeah I so love the, I love hearing this, hey? Yo, this is like, you've just distilled the entire course in this, you know? Because that's the thing, like when people first start the course, they go like, oh my God, I just looked at my bank account and I'm spending so much money on food. And my thing is always, as you guys know, do you like food? Do you like clothes? Is it your thing? Do it. If you're like me and you can eat all day, every day, do not cut your food budget. Like that's yes. what I tell people. I'm like, I eat yes. like when I'm on my own now, cause I'm in Sri Lanka and I'm Mangala is incredible with food. As you know, mm. I just, I don't go out as much, but when I'm on my own and I'm traveling, I like eat out every day for 30 days in a month. You know, mm. I'm like, guys, that's what I like. That's what I do. Like I'm literally like only three months in a year. Can I actually say, I bought groceries and I cooked and that's when I'm in South Africa visiting my mom or my aunt, you know, otherwise most the nine months of my life, I'm always eating out, ordering in, trying new chefs, asking people to come, a pain for people to come cook at my house, all sorts of things. Because that, that is important to me. And my budget is not necessarily affected by that, you know, because that is, not the way, like there's a different way of budgeting and doing this money thing. Yes. And I, th- I think then that has taught me to take the guilt out of, out of the, the whole budgeting thing and spending mm. on the things that you love. I remember uh, there's a friend of mine when we were doing the, 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 the bank account challenge the one time and we were talking about how much money, like you're talking about food. And she was saying to me, oh, friend, you know, they were spending money on this Woolworths fruits and veggies. And I said to her, so just buy the fruit and veggies because you enjoy them. So what's the point of you changing to go and buy a checkers when you won't eat the things? And she says, yeah. And actually at my house, they won't eat the checkers food. I'm like, so then yeah. don't do it because then yes. you have this, this resentment and whatnot. So it's not helping your money out there. So yeah. do what you love. Then remember we said when you feel good, then it raises your vibration and hey, a universe yeah. responds, responds. So, but I think on that tip of, of being on a pleasure streak and you know wanting to do what feels good that is what the group has taught me and i'm enjoying yeah. that and i'm loving that and i find that yeah. i'm i have less guilt when you know because mm. now we like we love the food and we used to put the the, the food budget at the end of the growth of, of the budget imagine so like, hey, guys, no 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 we must put because we keep spending but then i realized that no but because we, we can't go to woolies we let's not let us let us not go to Woolies. Let's not shop organic. Let's not buy all these other things because it's expensive. Let's go to Shoprite. There's nothing wrong with Shoprite, right? Yes, if no, no, you no, like it, if you like but it, yes. If if you if you and your kids want Woolies, I'm not a Woolies fan, by the way, guys. Mm, no, I'm sorry, Woolies. <laughs> I don't shop at Woolies when I'm in South Africa. I don't get the hype. Me you know? neither. <laughs> right. 
But all those things on the budget that they would usually tell you not to get because it's so expensive. Yes. What I find is that the truth is that when we deny ourselves some kind of small pleasure, we will eventually, the soul rebels and gets the pleasure in another way, which Mm. is actually equally as costly. Mm. You know, so and then yeah, we tend I won't to binge on that also because exactly. now we try to feel that hole very quickly. That oh. yes, because yeah. this the truth is that so many of us in this world are pleasure starved. You know, it's one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about. That most of us are love starved, and most of us are pleasure starved. And then mm. when you are love starved, that's when you get into all sorts of craziness. And then when also we're pleasure starved and we deny ourselves pleasure, is that like the day we decide to go on, to give ourselves some kind of pleasure, it goes berserk, right? Because we're busy denying ourselves, denying ourselves, denying ourselves, and then one day you just go crazy. And that's what kept me in debt for years, right? Because that's, because I would like be like, no, I'm going to get out of this debt now. And then I would work so hard for maybe two or three months and deny myself everything. Literally come close to living on bread and water so that I could pay back my debt. Mm -hmm. And you know what? After three months, I would have a fit and be like, F this, this debt is not getting paid fast enough. And I would go on a shopping spree, Mm -hmm. go crazy, like buy airplane tickets, go on vacation. Why? Because I've been starving. Starved. You know, starved of everything. Mm. So I think what you're saying is so, so powerful. And I think like the beauty of the inner work is where we deal with the guilt around allowing Mm. ourselves to put ourselves first and have that Mm. pleasure. Because it sounds counterintuitive because how can you have pleasure and then still have such a good life financially? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So, Musa, I'm sure everyone's wondering, what about the credit card debt pattern? Have you been able to get rid of that? Yes. So, I, <laughs> I, paid, I paid off the credit card, I think, uh, end of last year. Yes, I did pay it off. So, oh. I, I still have the credit card, but I, I have it for, like, things that, you know, that, that so there's other courses that I do. So, yeah. um, so then they, 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 they'd like to debit the credit card instead of your, your check card and whatnot. So yeah. then I give them that card, but then I put the money there every month for it. But then I find that since doing the course, when I, then I don't feel the need to, you know, to use the card to try and buy love and buy friendships and show yeah. people that I can do this and that. So I'd say that the, 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 the course has worked in a sense that it's been more than six months that I haven't used the card for anything or anybody other than myself because the money Ooh. that gets debited in that card is for a personal development course that I'm doing. And yes. I'm happy with that. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm happy with that and I'm good. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing the change in our budget. So it tells me then that, you know, my money story is somehow getting... I'm getting clarity on what yeah. is holding us back in the money and whatnot. So I, yeah. I, I, I think the cost is working, honestly, then. It is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So can you please tell us how has your understanding of ancestral trauma changed since the course? 
How did you see, and what were your thoughts on ancestral trauma? I ask this because people always go like, yeah, I know my trauma. You know, like people, like right now, the trauma is the buzzword. So people just throw it around. They know their traumas and they can list all their traumas. And I'm like, actually, no, you really don't. Because mm. even I don't. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, I don't know mine. So maybe you know the obvious. But yeah, how mm. has that changed? How has that understanding changed? So... Uh, then for me, like, I think like a lot of people, I've always defined trauma as uh, those big life-changing events that happen. Mm. Yeah, you know, those big life-changing events that um, uh, say, for example, will, will be your, your car accident or you have to move house. But um, being on the course, I'm learning that even those small harmless conversations that we call harmless conversations that we have, you mm. know, might actually trigger an emotion that you can't or you don't process at that time and then you suppress it. And then later on, you don't understand why you get triggered by a word somebody said or a facial expression somebody said you did during a conversation or a hand gesture. Gandhi, your body is remembering that, you know, uh, once when I spoke to somebody, you know, something like this happened. And then yeah. you feel the urge now that, you know, and you don't understand why is this happening. But basically what I'm, I'm trying to say is that I've learned that trauma is not necessarily the big things, only the big things that can happen in your life. Yeah. It's the smallest things that, you know, can shift your emotion otherwise and you don't process that emotion and it gets trapped in your body. That was a traumatic yeah. event, basically. And yeah. sometime in your life, it will come up and you'll have to deal with it. And if you don't deal with it again, it will be suppressed. And at some point, it will want to come up again to be dealt with. Yeah. So ancestral trauma then to me is, you know, as much as how we are connected with the the say we have the same DNAs and our as our our ancestors, because there's yeah. things that they never dealt with because we share the same DNA, the same bloodline with them. So whatever that they had and didn't deal with might or will come up at some point of the lineage, you know, and somebody will have to deal with it. So that's what I'm 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 finding out now during the course that you know there's things that you know, they happen to you, but you, you clearly remember that you were never there and this never happened to you, but yeah. you remember the event very well or vividly. But then I <laughs> because, you know, it's ancestral, you know, that's why then it comes up and it needs to be dealt with. And some of our money stories are linked to all those traumas and emotions that our great grandparents, our grandparents, and even our mothers and fathers had, and they never got to deal with them. So now they yeah. come up in us, and you have to look at them and basically deal with them so that hopefully your children don't have to deal with the same things. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I love what you just said about the fact that like sometimes we remember memories that you know it's not yours. You're at least not yes. from this lifetime. You're like, 
it's not from this lifetime. I've never experienced this because I am not this person that is coming up, but I feel it like it is mine. Mm. And so sometimes it's a past life memory, which I know you've dealt with past life trauma through the course. And also it's ancestral stuff. I know, right? (laughs) So like the thing is that uh, the past life memories like give us so much insight as well because sometimes we're going crazy wondering why are we behaving this way in this lifetime you -hmm. just find that you are born with particular inclinations or things that you don't like or fears and you're not understanding and because you've only been working with this lifetime under the Mm -hmm. assumption that this life is is the the only only trauma that you have yes you know but (laughs) as you know by healing the past lives suddenly this lifetime starts to make sense and it starts Mm. to heal you in this lifetime. So I think Mm. that's the thing. It's like, we need to understand that trauma is multidimensional. It has so, it's not just this, we're not just dealing with our own trauma. We're also Mm. dealing with our ancestors' trauma. And then the soul carries its own trauma from other dimensions and other timelines. Mm. So Mm. we just have to be aware of that. We're not True. just living in a silo. So mm-hmm. I really, really love that you brought that up. <laughs> so um, what have been the three lessons or meditations in the course that you feel have made an impact in your relationship with money, have made the greatest impact in your relationship with money or your mindset? Oh, then where do I start? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say one, um, the inner child meditations, because um, you know how as children, we interpret things differently when they happen to us and we make certain assumptions and sometimes we don't have anybody to break things down for us so that we can understand what they are saying or what that event meant. Or at some point, we don't even have anybody to talk to about those things. Or if you do, like the answer they give you confuses you even more. So then you file that under certain assumptions. And then later on in life, you discover that I've been doing certain things because I've always thought this is what happened. So I find that the inner child meditations assisted a lot in going back to break down yeah. assumptions I had made when it comes to uh, money dynamics at home and around me that, yeah. oh, I thought that this is what it meant, you know. So then when I go back there and to heal that child, you know, to give them a hug, to say, no, you know. I remember at Sri Lanka when we did a a past life meditation with you and I had to go back and hug the child and say that, you know, we do make it, you know, we do make it in life and we do come back and we do something else. So this is not Yeah, like that you come, this is not the only lifetime you live. You'll have, so it's okay. I get goosebumps from that because I remember (laughs) that meditation. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) So the inner child meditation, they were a definite big shift for me. And I think the, the second ones would be the, the healing of the mother wound because um, I lately discovered that, you know, you know how um, most of us were given a script, not necessarily written down, but the way it's been said so many times to you that you must go to school, get a good job, buy a car, get a house, get married, have children, and then script siapela. Now yep. you see 
So, so Musa, we just lost you at Iskriptitia Pela. Can you, just for a little bit, please, can you repeat that? Yeah, so I was saying that, you know, you follow the script that you're given to, to the T, and then when you get to, uh, you, you, you went to school, you got a degree, you got your car, your house, your children, you got married and all that, and then the script is finished, then now what? You know, so then you stand mm. there in the middle of the road, like, oh, okay, so where do I start? So then you need to find... Because now it can't be the end of your life because you're not dead yet. So, you know, and you can't really go back and re-repeat the script. But then you find other ways to fill in. So I found that uh, the mother wound meditations helped me a lot in a sense that because I was one of those rebellious ones who tried to do everything that their mother, again, so basically the opposite of what their mother did. So not necessarily that it was good for me or not. It's just that whatever that, you know, if say, for example, my mother liked the color pink, then I'd go out of my way to say, I don't like pink. It didn't matter whether it was true or not, but you know, it's that thing that I, it's that thing that I don't want to be like, Hey, so I found that that doing the, the mother med, mother healing, the mother wound meditations assisted a lot in the forgiving and, you know, and trying to understand where she was coming from and whatnot. Because I, I realized that a lot of my life was lived, I didn't live my life. Basically, I lived a life that was not my mother's life. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So I didn't live Musa's life, but you I made basically sure that she doesn't live. Yes, she doesn't live You define live yourself life. So, against your mother. Yes. So, I but did now, that. Oh my gosh, I did but that now, for years. Yeah. So now I'm on this journey of finding out that what, who is Musa? What does she want? You know, let mm. leave your mother. You don't have to say, what does my mother like? Okay, then I don't want to do that. So, because some of the things that she did actually are good things, you know, that you can incorporate yeah. in your life and learn and leave. But because I was, I, I was on this vow of not being like this woman in this family type yeah. of thing. So then I didn't leave any life that was basically mine. So I found yeah. that those meditations assisted a lot in finding comfort and, you know, getting to understand Muti as a daughter, this is where she was coming from. And, you know, so the inner child meditation, the mother wound meditations and um, the higher self meditations. Oh my gosh. Those are <laughs> the best. <laughs> I I like them too but only now now that I'm like all about my higher self like I was sharing with you guys I created the Pinterest board I'm like getting to understand her what she's on about and everything no those are amazing yeah, oh, yeah. Those, those are feel good meditations and I think I think what yeah. makes me like them more is my children because I, mm. I see how they you know, how they sparkle and they, they see things there. So then it made me want yeah. to go and say, Kanti, what is it that these people see here? So I find that <laughs> those, those are really, they, they one of those, they are soothing type of meditations because yeah. then, you know, you find that, okay, sometimes your, your higher self says things that you like, Sissy, I don't get you, but at least true. I find that then I keep going back. I'm like, I wonder what did she mean by that? You know? And then yeah. like, oh, this is what she 
this is what it was meant. And then yeah. um, just as a bonus, I think the the ones that you did that I, I also um, enjoy the most when I've been are the breathwork meditations. Yeah. Because for the longest time, I'm one of those people who have such suppressed trauma that I stopped feeling into the body. So yeah. I find that the the breath work meditation uh, help a lot because you know when you breathe yeah. then I could I could easily find where you know this is sitting and I could yeah. move through it and so yeah. I think that helped me a lot with with um, you know identifying in the body because even now I had to actually go for a a medicine course that that helped me to also be able to get into the body to feel more into the body because yeah honestly i couldn't feel into my body for the longest yeah. time and i can't tell you when did i stop exactly because the, yeah i wouldn't feel trauma does that to a lot of us and for a yeah. lot of black women with deep trauma what happens is that there's a, a dissociation, there's a mental and physical dissociation because the body carries so much pain and so much trauma and so much memories that we don't know how to process it. So we literally check out of our own bodies. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and that's why pleasure is so difficult for us. This is why like sitting with the body is so difficult. Um, it's also why people don't like to be in exercise because this brings you into the body to get into exercise. You now have to feel things in the body when you don't want to be in the body. And it just feels more comfortable True. being in the mind. So you're literally mm-hmm. just living from the head only. You know, and that's why most people can intellectualize everything, but can't have a hard time really feeling where it sits in their bodies. True. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my, my, those are my go-to meditations. I do go to the Akashic Records and I need (laughs) to underline need to. (laughs) Need to. You are, you are exactly like me, Shay Musa need to go that's when when things are are bad and gooby that's when mm. I'll we should be, like, be hey. yes <laughs> yeah we should be like there's there's one place that i know i can get the how but until yes. then it's yeah. always my <laughs> let's try everything else before we yes. go there <laughs> yes <laughs> oh i love that's hilarious because that's literally my thinking i'm always yeah. like hmm and you know, it's funny about Akashic Records because it can literally change everything, be the game changer. Yes. But it's also yeah. like, but do I really want it to be the game changer at the now? price? <laughs> like, let's try everything else before we and, go for the real thing. <laughs> and you know, when, when you say that, and we never learn because don't you think that the time that we keep wasting going everywhere except the Akashic record, we could have just gone there, found the answer, and then didn't waste all the... Okay, it's not a waste because, you know, you actually do get work work out. But, you know, you do get get answers, but it's not the answers that the Akashic records will give you. (laughs) No, but uh, you're no, guys. I don't know about everyone else. Me, last resort, always. I'm like... (laughs) 
before I go to the Akasha, can I please sort myself out? But I think that's hilarious what you've said, because it's like literally how we are about life and healing. It's like, I know I need this, but let me try everything else. And then when all that fails, I'll come back to this thing that I need. (laughs) So I get it. We should be sorted by thinking, you know, this is the one place you're definitely sure you'll get the answer. But you don't go there. But Why? <laughs> do I need that one hour that will like, because it's one hour true, but it's yes. the crying and everything else that, mm-hmm. that will happen after the hour is done. The three oh. days of you yeah. trying to integrate and make sense of what just happened. You know, I always say you... Akashic Records and God wound. Oh, my last resort. don't go there. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> but you know, when you say, when you talk about the time thing, I remember when I did the mother wound meditations, I, I remember when I first time genuinely realized that there are 25 minutes, I think, or so. And I was so shocked. I was like, why did it feel like two hours? <laughs> because I mean, I'm not right. I mean, I was so shocked then. I was like, how is it yeah. that this meditation, it says it's 25 minutes, but I'm definitely sure I've been here more yeah. than two hours. <laughs> you know, every Akashic Records meditation to record it, I recorded it for 25 minutes in earthly time, apparently. Oh. But no. what it felt like for <laughs> me to record it, I'm not mm. even joking. The Akashic Records meditations literally felt like 12 hours like I was sitting there recording it and I know everyone then experiences these meditations as like five hour meditations when they like mm-hmm. twin they some of the shortest meditations in the course they are literally and, some of the shortest but the way that we all experience them is like yeah the, mm-hmm. it, it's been a journey but recording them felt the same way and I can't explain to people how that's possible it was painful recording the Akashic Records for me because I remember being like, no, man. And then when I had to do one, re-record one, I almost thought I was just going to die. It was like, my life is just over now. Imagine 25 minutes causing you an angst of a day to say, should I, should I not? <laughs> you know, like, you I know. have to listen, then you had to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, guys, like those three, the three, the first three Akashic Records meditations, no one can pay me enough money to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go re-record them. It was, I actually can't explain to people what it felt like. Because when, even when I looked at the time, I was like, no way, no way. It felt like I've been taken through a whole journey in those 25 minutes. (laughs) And then, like, when I hear the students uh, refer to that whenever they do them, it's like, "Mm -mm. nope, this is like, it feels like a day and then some to do these. Mm -hmm. Yep, because that's how it felt like for me to record them. So I believe it, and it still feels like that to do them. (laughs) That's why I'm telling you that underline when I need So guys, you guys are getting so much of an insight into the course. Like, I love it. So people always think that they can just do this course on their own or they'll get the same benefits by reading the blog 
watching my free videos, what would you say to those people? Oh, well, good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, though, I, I think, you know, um, I think then it takes, because the work, I think, generally, I think when you get to a certain point of this journey, you realize that you need more. So I'd say to them, do, they must do obviously what they can with what you offer uh, for free there. But when it gets to a certain point, you will need to join the course because what Uven gives you is sort of a taste. And when you get into the course, then that's when you delve deeper and you find that you have to do more work on yourself. And then you get to get to be in the group where the other people are on the same journey and you, and you find you have similar questions or some things that come up and you're like, Oh, I remember I had such a situation and everybody chips in, you know, to, to, to assist with their understanding of the course and, you know, remind you of the lessons that remember, this is what, you know, comes up when you do this. And, and then Oven is the, you know, to give guidance now with that. But when you are outside the course, I think you can only do so much. Yet when you're in a course, like we say in Guti, the course is a lifetime uh, material. There's a lot more. And when you're in the group, mm. it's easier for uh, the other student or Uvanile to say, when you're saying, oh, guys, this is what I'm dealing with, they quickly say, go to lesson mang mang. And then when you get there, yeah. voila, you get sorted. Yeah. And when yeah. you search on the group, you know, you find that there was a whole post about this one thing and a whole yeah. comment about this. And you're like, oh, actually. So I'm so yeah. So I find yeah. that as much as I used to follow you also outside the course, but I yeah. think you get to a certain part of this journey, you need to yeah. unlock a certain level, yeah. you know, like in yeah. any game, you know, you play to yes. a certain level. When you get to a certain level, sometimes you need to pop the money out to buy yeah. coins in order for you to get to that level. So I look at it in that sense that um, I think yeah. that, that statement that says when the student is ready, the teacher appears, it's yeah. also valid the other way around that even though the teacher is there and you think that, you know, no, I'm good with just being here following this teacher but at some point yeah. you know as a student you need to be ready to to pay the teacher's due in order for you to get the knowledge and the um, the acknowledgement wow. basically that the teacher has gone through this journey in order to have the experience to impart on you and assist you on this journey because i believe that the teachers we follow is for a certain reason is to for us mm. to get the healing we need on this journey as souls so if you follow vangile for a longest time and you don't actually get to do the core of what Vangile teaches, then uh, why are you following yeah. Vangile? Yeah, but yeah. so yeah. Um, I think as human beings, we need to get over the fact that everything needs to be free. Yes. I think, you know, not everything can yep. be free, you know, yep. as much as we like ease and all, but hey, yeah. um, at some point, like I said, yeah other game in order for you to progress to the next level of the game you will have to pass yeah. with some sort mm. of thing mm. either your time yeah. or your money so yeah 
So I think no, I feel I'm you on that. They can go and do your work with the free work. It's fine. But when they get to a certain level of their growth, they will need to come into the big group and, you know, mm. be part of the yeah. group. And that's when you yeah. unlock a lot of things. Yeah. And there's just certain things that it's hard for me, for me. It's hard to translate, even if I spoke about it and explained the meditation. But to experience it is another matter. Like something like the Akashic Records, we can talk about, Mm. oh, you can go into the Akashic Records, all that. But to actually do the meditation and experience what we are talking about, this time thing and all that goes into it. These are completely different things than intellectually understanding something. And it's, it's funny because Muzo and I just had this conversation this morning about the power of doing the work versus like I intellectually understand the work and I can discuss it, right? Like I can discuss mm. the vow of invisibility. We all know that it's not easy to be vulnerable, etc. But to actually do the work and experience how the vow of invisibility is actually playing out, that is a different, that is a whole different ballgame altogether. You know, it's not just intellectual, it's also grasping it on a physical level. Okay, so then my final question for you, Musa, is do you have a routine for the inner work? I've got people who always message me and say, I want to do the course, but I don't know. I'm a mummy. I've got kids, all this stuff. Where do you find the time? How do you find the time to do the work? Do you have a trick that you can share Uh, or a tip? (laughs) So, you know, me. Uh, you know how we, we normally come to the group and say, hey, guys, I've been missing in action. We don't like yes. We have been missing in action. <laughs> because the work can get so overwhelming that you're like, mm. okay, I'm not coming, you know. But because you know how good, you know, that you if you do the work, you know that you're going to get the shifts. So yes. it's not a matter of, for me, for okay, so for me, it's not a matter of, uh, daily type of uh, work that I do. So I do do, I try and give myself an hour every day to do some sort of inner work. So it might not be money magic work. It might be other meditations that I do or other um, things that I do, but I try in a daily basis. It doesn't matter because you know, when you say I'll do it every day at six and then on Tuesday, you don't wake up at six and and whatnot. So I stopped saying that, that I do it at six. So I say in a day, if I give it, I need to give myself an hour just to either sit and meditate or journal and reflect or read. And as the day goes, then I find when I'm busy working on other things, I can listen to a podcast or high vibration music. But I, I, I try and make it a point that, you know, it doesn't matter when. It might be an hour before bed when all the kids yeah. are in bed and it's quiet and I can, you know, put my headphones and do my meditations and then journal a bit. But I, I find that after I took off the restrictions of at six o'clock, <laughs> I'm doing meditation. <laughs> I found that then it gets easier that, you know, because I have a two-year-old and you can't really say yeah. at seven, I'm going to do my meditation because some days at seven, she's awake. Some days she's not awake, yeah. you know? So I yeah. try and say, 
in a day. It doesn't matter what time of the day, at night. As long as I get to do just an hour of inner, you know, work. So that's yeah. what I I do. I I just do an hour. I like that for the for the course. Like I'm saying that sometimes I get am I. Uh, MIA in Bella. It's because you know, it's so hard. But I try that at least I don't go two weeks without doing any of the money magic um, meditations, yeah. whether it be the birth yeah. work or the inner child. But I find that it, it works easier if I know I'm working on something. So, for example, yes. this past winter solstice, I was working on letting go of things that don't serve me anymore. And so that when wow. the spring comes out, then I can put in new things. So now that um, oh, wow. uh, that is coming to an end, I've been clear. So basically, I've been doing a clearing for the past three months to try and, you know, let go of all that no longer serves me and whatnot. Doing also. Wow. So now that I need to put in, because you know how when you take out stuff, you need to put in other things to replace yeah. them. Don't the other yes. things to come back. So now that, yep. uh, that is coming to an end, I I'm looking into doing higher medi- higher self meditations more because then at yeah, least yes. I'll, I'll incorporate whatever goals and things that my higher self then uh, wants me to do easier yeah. in this period of putting back something new and trying new routines and see yeah. if they work type of thing. Yeah. So I. I, I, I'd say I, I, I honestly can't tell people that I do money, medi- money magic work every day. That would be yes. a lie. No, I don't. Yes. I, I try and do it at least in two weeks. I try and get to do one or two meditations. So yeah. I guess that's why I've been able to, to be in this course <laughs> for so long. <laughs> you can tell that I'm one of those slow <laughs> But I'm like that too, you know, like last week I took a break on up until Tuesday. So the week before, cause I was so super busy. So mm-hmm. even in the course, I was like to everyone, I went into the student group and I was like, guys, I'm just going to be marinating on pleasure, enjoying mm-hmm. myself, like doing my own thing. So I also do that. And then like, I come back, you know, mm. and then I have moments where I'm like super into it. Yes. And then moments where I'm like, okay, we're just doing journal prompts now. We're doing something else. Mm. I think that it's important to give ourselves time off to also integrate the work. Yes, Because I think sometimes this work is so deep. Like I only realize how much of my not good enough script I have absolutely healed in the last week because I'm like oh my gosh I started and I think that sometimes we don't even we just keep doing the work keep doing the work and then like one day something happens and then you realize wow I don't even believe the old mm-hmm. things that I believed for years <laughs> like who am I integrate <laughs> yeah because you've just been integrating mm. and integrating and I think this for me is the power of the work. And I love what you're saying about rest because honey also said that, that she tries to do one meditation a week or one journal prompt a week, something. Mm. Cause she also said like, she's doing all her other things. Right. Mm. And that's mm. what I love about money magic students is that people are invested in other personal development courses. Like personal development is key for everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like a thing people <laughs> value it. So I love that because also when we're in the group, everyone's bringing this rich knowledge from all the other experiences that they're having out there. 
So this for me is just amazing. So Musa, how do people get hold of you? Like, you know, as you were talking, I kept thinking to myself, do you and your husband ever plan to offer courses online to teach kids how to read about shares and investments? Because this is so powerful. But how do people get hold of you? I'm sure mommies have so many questions. Vangela, please don't plant ideas in my mind, okay? <laughs> I'm not ready to be a teacher yet. I told you. <laughs> You're resting and having fun, I know. But just, you know, put it out there for Part the time. Part time. Yeah. yeah. Part time. No, so, so I'm, on, I'm on Facebook, Musama Tole. And I think that's that's where I'm mostly at Instagram. No, we're not really. I just go there to check out the the people that I follow and do. And then I have my email. It's musa atm at gmail dot com. So if other moms want to connect, ah, I'm here. We can okay. chat about this journey of how we as mama are doing this and how we integrating our children into it. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Okay, so guys, I will share all that um, on Musa's Facebook uh, link and her email in the Wealthy Money newsletter. So if you're in the newsletter, you will get that. And I'm going to switch on my video so I can say goodbye to you guys. Thank you so much, guys, (laughs) for joining us. This has been so amazing. Musa has been incredible. If you resonated with this, right, and you love what you're hearing and you feel like you need to be in the Money Magic course, please check out the Money Magic course. It's currently open for registration. But if you're watching this and registration is closed, there is a waiting list. Just pop your name and email on the waiting list. You'll get all the details. Uh, But right now we are open for registration. You can go check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. One word. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Send me an email. Shoot me an inbox. I'm on Facebook. Ask me any questions that you've got, right? Like I'd love to answer your questions. So um, yeah, if uh, ask questions around the Money Magic course, of course. So thank you so much, guys. And thank you so much, Musa. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.